Hello, I'm Ken Root. This is AgriPulse Open Mic, brought to you by the Corn Farmers Coalition. For decades, family farmers have worked in solitude, far away from consumers. But that's about to change. The Corn Farmers Coalition wants to engage the public in a discussion to reaffirm farmers' commitment to safe, abundant, and affordable food. Through innovation, technology, and ingenuity, farmers are meeting our growing needs for food, fuel, and fiber. To learn more about how productivity and sustainability go hand in hand, go to www.cornfarmerscoalition.org. And now, AgriPulse Open Mic. This week's guest is Steve Griffin. Griffin is president of Sea Vision Corporation. Griffin specializes in crop risk management and insurance product development. Steve Griffin, welcome to AgriPulse Open Mic. We thank you for being with us. Pleasure to be here. Let's talk about the crop insurance industry. It's your specialty. And uh, where we are right now, obviously we're in a drought in the Midwest, and everybody is concerned about it. We also are in a farm bill and people wonder what's going to come out of that. Let's begin with this drought. Is the crop insurance industry prepared to pay off on the claims that could be presented this fall? Absolutely. I mean, that's their, that's their purpose and that's their business to be ready for such calamities as this. Uh, the crop insurance uh, industry is well financed with uh, federal reinsurance so that the cash is there uh, and, and when they want to uh, write those checks for these crop losses. So there should be no problem in getting claims uh, uh, adjusted and filed and, the, and farmers paid. Now, farmers themselves in the past have worried whether their disaster program or crop insurance was enough. How do you think they're setting this year? Well, this year, actually, if farmers took advantage of the crop insurance program, they have the best available coverage that they've ever had, particularly since, for instance, the 1988 drought. Uh, we have higher APHs, act, uh, actual production history, so their guaranteed yields are much higher because we've had 10 years of very good years to average to that. Also, we have a new program of trend-adjusted yields, which means that their guarantee is based on their expected yields, not a lagged average of 10. So with increasing yields like we've seen, uh, that's a big bonus as well. We started out with relatively good prices but lower prices, and certainly the higher prices that we're seeing right now, and if they continue into the harvest, they'll get the advantage of that. We also have enterprise units, which are uh, subsidized to a greater extent and covers the farm as a whole. That enabled farmers to purchase higher levels of coverage at affordable premium rates. Certainly that is the kind of coverage that a drought and heat, uh, uh, pervasive kind of risk like that, really uh, stands out and is a very good buy. Last summer we had a drought in Texas, and uh, I wonder how the crop insurance industry fared with that one, just as a uh, precursor for what it could have to endure this year. Well, uh, having spent some time in Texas, there's always a disaster in Texas, so it, it's not a one-time-in-ten-year uh, one event down there. So uh, crop insurance com uh, companies are well-staffed in Texas to handle uh, both drought and flood in the same year sometimes. Uh, up here, uh, we have uh, 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 more staff uh, because this is a high-premium, high-touch uh, uh, area for crop insurance with corn and soybeans. 
and these uh, throughout the Midwest here is a, a real basket of crop insurance uh, liability. Lots of agents, lots of adjusters, and so it shouldn't be any problem. Let's go back to the structure of the crop insurance industry um, and the relationship with the risk management agency of the USDA. How many companies are there and what is their tie to USDA? Well, there are 16 probably national companies. We had a new entrant just recently that seems to be a California-only entrant. But 16 companies uh, who are reinsured with the federal government under a standard reinsurance agreement. And that provides both uh, administrative expenses as well as stop loss and quota share reinsurance. It makes what is an uninsurable risk on a private basis insurable. Let's turn to the politics. Um, with this farm bill in both House and Senate, are you concerned that the, the crop insurance industry itself uh, will, uh, will either lose or definitely not make any gains in, in, in where it stands as far as its financial capabilities? Well, certainly all the commodity groups and farmers in general have shown great support for the crop insurance program as a major plank of risk management for the farming sector. Uh, it is an expensive program, and so when there's dollars, there's always politics to use those dollars in various other programs. Uh, however, we're seeing uh, crop insurance being uh, supported at least as much as it has been in the past. There are a few changes that are, being, that are gaining traction in both the House and the Senate. Uh, one of those is capping uh, benefits for high-income farmers. The idea that uh, we're subsidizing the largest and, and uh, well-heeled farmers in the country, and perhaps that's not a best use of public funds. The other uh, area is that with the decline in direct payments, they want to reattach compliance with conservation practices to crop insurance. We did that up until 1996 with the uh, sodbuster, swampbuster legislation back then, and frankly, it was an administrative nightmare. It's kind of like having home insurance, uh, your house burning down, and then finding out you don't have insurance because you have an unpaid parking ticket. Conservation uh, compliance is a very difficult thing to monitor, and the slightest thing can put you out of compliance, and that would threaten your insurance on which your whole operating loan may be based. Steve, let's talk about um, trying to cap these well-heeled farmers. That's more difficult than just saying you're going to do it, isn't it? It sure is. We've had uh, payment limitations on various aspects of the farm program for a number of years, almost ever since we've been paying farmers to begin with for doing either certain things or not doing certain things. Uh, and farmers uh, uh, have a notorious ability, uh, when they don't have anything else doing, to do in the winter, just to figure out how to avoid those, uh, uh, stop, those limitations. So it probably will score well to someone inside the Beltway in Washington, but in a practical matter, most of these caps are pretty easily avoided. The devil is in the details. Where do you think Farm Bill is going to go? I know you're watching it from your perspective, but, you know, we just passed the House Ag Committee's version, so we have the Senate passed a full bill, the House Ag Committee's passed one, but will it get on through in time? Well, I, I have myself personally, I think I have, some, I have serious doubts whether we're going to get very far. Uh, it takes some time. The issues are very contentious between the trade-offs between such programs as food stamps and, and school lunch programs and those sorts of things that have a broad uh, 
appeal to non-agricultural congressional representation. So it could be a real struggle to have a political motivation to get something done by September 30th. My bet would be that we have a continuation of the Farm Bill until after the elections, and then maybe something can get resolved between the House and the Senate. The situation a farmer is in today who has crop insurance, is he in pretty good shape relative to how he might have been in past years? Yes. If he took advantage of the federal crop insurance program with Enterprise Unit raising his level and has revenue coverage, he's in very good shape. Now, the key will be this summer, in fact, if you want a good inside task to do this summer, is to get your yield records in order. Some of these claims are going to be high-dollar claims, and they generate an automatic audit. So you need to have your yield histories, all those receipts and those shoeboxes, put together for at least a three-year look back and audit. So you won't be paid until you have that done. So if you want to get a speedy claim recovery this fall, if you think you're going to have a loss, do your homework this summer when you've got some time. Let me close out with this, and that is the insurance industry itself. Do you feel the crop insurance industry may consolidate more because of the pressure placed upon them by the projected losses we could have this year? Absolutely. The crop insurance industry, there's tremendous economies of scale in the industry. The larger you are, the more economy you have in adjustment in using the computer programs that you need to have, the compliance issues. Bigger means more efficient. And so we're going to have a lot of pressure on the smaller ones to get bigger or perhaps get squeezed out. By lowering the expected underwriting gains, there's going to be less fat there, less margin there for those smaller players to survive. Also, large losses may take some of the incentive of some of our even larger players. They may not think crop insurance is as much fun as they thought it was going to be, and they have a better use of their capital. Where does the revenue go to? Where does the agent fit in here on the revenue received by these companies? Well, the last standard reinsurance agreement capped the revenue that can be paid to crop insurance agents at 100% of the federal expense reimbursement, which is right at 17.5%. It is capped overall. Agents get over 50% of the administrative income of the program. Well, I think farmers should not delay in being in close touch with their crop insurance agent as we get closer to harvest and make sure they get that notice of loss filed, get their records in order, and hopefully we won't have as big a loss as what it looks like right now. Steve Griffin, thank you very much from your perspective as a crop insurance consultant for being with us on AgriPulse Open Mic. Okay, thank you. That's Steve Griffin, president of Sea Vision in Des Moines, Iowa. That's AgriPulse Open Mic. Thank you for listening. I'm Ken Root.